Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I am your host, Rick Wolf. On today's show, I want to focus once again on the issue of specialization and how truly prevalent this trend has become nationwide. And let me start by giving you this, this amazing statistic. According to a recent study done by the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons, it was found that these days, 45%, almost half, of all high school athletes specialize in just one sport. In other words, they play on focus on that one sport all year round. But here's something curious. In that same study, when a group of professional athletes were asked whether they thought their specialization in one sport was a smart choice, only 22% said they would want their own kids to specialize. And whereas 80% of current high school and college athletes think that specialization is the key to success, only 62% of pro athletes feel that way. And let me, let's digest these numbers for a moment. In short, according to the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons, there is definitely a strong and growing belief in this country that in order for a youngster to advance to a higher level in sports, then he or she definitely needs, definitely needs to specialize in a sport at an early age. Now, remember, it's the surgeons we're talking about here, the orthopedic surgeons. They're the ones who have to operate on young athletes who suffer from repetitive use injuries like like Tommy John surgery or uh, when, when the kid suffers a torn ACL and so forth. And yet, at the top of the athletic pyramid, the very, very few athletes who do go on to turn professional, this same study suggests strongly that specialization is not needed and, in fact, is probably a bad idea. So it seems we have two conflicting conclusions here. In other words, there's something of a real disconnect that I think bears discussion this morning. And here, here to me, is the ultimate question that it all boils down to. If you're a sports parent and you want your youngster, your, your child, to succeed in sports, what do you do? And that's what I want to focus on this morning. On one hand, if you decide early on that your kid, let's say, is going to be an ice hockey player and that's it, then your kid's going to skate in hockey programs all year round. And he or she won't even bother about playing any other sports. In fact, just the other day I saw an advertisement to my local newspaper about ice hockey tryouts coming up in a week or so for youngsters. This was to make the travel team program, which presumably starts around Labor Day. Again, we're still in the middle of April. And the youngest kids were going to try out for the, the, the five- and six-year-old slots. Five- and six-year-olds play ice hockey, and once they get into it, they're going to play all year round. But as a, as a parent, suppose your kid doesn't, doesn't like ice hockey or might be better suited down the road to play a different sport. Won't he or she fall too far behind the other kids who play other sports? Then on the other hand, if a kid is playing three sports a year, 
which of course is the traditional uh, approach, and that the parents figure out the best approach for the kid is to expose them to a, a number of sports. What happens when at age 12 or 13, the kid does finally decide to specialize? At that advanced age of 13, is that now too late? I mean, if you're a parent these days of a youngster who shows signs of being a really good all-round athlete, is a natural, what are you going to do? Are you going to push them into one sport when they're five or six and hope for the best? All right, that's our topic for this morning. And again, it, it's, it's really, really difficult to get any sense of clarity or, or real sense of direction for, for parents today of kids just starting out down this road. Because again, we know we're getting studies close to half of all ath- high school athletes now are special, saying that close to half of all ath- high school athletes now are specializing in just playing one sport. And, and let me just say this, and of course our number here is one eight seven seven three three seven. 6666, that's brought to you by Mohegan Sun, Connecticut, one world-class destination, unlimited possibilities. When you have the sense of a need to specialize, and it's clearly being driven by the parent's desire, or maybe a better word is parent's paranoia, to ensure their youngster's development in a particular sport is truly accelerated, it's like having your kid take, take one advanced class or a course in school and taking it not just for a semester, but for the entire year. I mean, it's like the parental philosophy is like, well, the more, the better, and the faster, the better. But no one has really said this. If the ultimate end game is to have your youngsters someday become a pro, then shouldn't we be paying a lot more attention to what the current pro athletes who, when asked, say in their experience, specialization is not the key to success? Again, I find this very, very confusing And I'm wondering if you've noticed the same trend as well. Or some kids tell me, and I've mentioned this before in the show, kids will tell me when they're 9, 10, 11 years old, they say, well, I play baseball and basketball for fun, but I play soccer for real. And what they mean is that they they see baseball and basketball as just a passing sort of recreational activity. But when they compete in soccer, they play soccer all year round in a very serious and a very dedicated manner. Now, many of you are going to tell me, Rick, This is just the way it is these days. Kids have adapted to the pressures of specialization simply because all of their friends and their peers are doing the same thing. And my question again is, is this this your sense as well? Is there any need to try and stop this trend? Or more importantly, is this smart for the kids? All right, let's take our calls at 1-877-337-6666. Let's start with uh, our good friend Ed over in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Ed, good morning. You see a lot of this, I'm sure. Uh, absolutely. First off, happy Easter to you and everyone out there. You too, Ed. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I do see it a lot. Um, and I, I, I'm going to share a story. There's a picture, and I'll keep the name nameless, cause, uh, only because at, at Woodbridge High School, who was going to Rutgers, he committed uh, right before his junior year. Uh-huh. He's probably one of the top three pitchers in the state. Could be a draftable kid this year if this guy decides they want to take a chance on him, even though he's committed to Rutgers. This is a boy who plays basketball, and he plays baseball. And is and now he's he's a good enough basketball player where maybe he could have played at the D three and D two level. Okay. Now I had a conversation three weeks ago with his mother because I did one of his high school scrimmages. He this boy does not throw once he's done playing in the summer. He does not throw again for maybe like two or three weeks prior 
to his high school first practice and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And right now, he's like 3-0. and He's averaging like 12, 13 strikeouts a game. He has an outstanding high school coach who really monitors his pitch count and all that. So, and here's a boy who doesn't specialize. He played played high school basketball. As I said, he was a very good high school basketball player. Matter of fact, I made a running joke to his mother saying, I'm going to call uh, uh, Steve Pike let him know maybe he may, may, may have a, a secret weapon coming in and all that stuff. But <laughs> the point I'm trying to say is this. You don't need to specialize at an early age. Uh, and, a lot, and as you get into high school, if you go back over a month ago, we had John from Fort Leon. And he was talking about that uh, a lot of coaches in the high school are telling these kids to specialize. Right. What I feel is, Rick, is let them play all the sports. There might be a time in high school they may want to specialize. But let let them make the decision. Because college coaches, and as a former college coach, I wanted to try to recruit the well-rounded athlete. Maybe he's playing three sports. I'm, at least I know he's, he's going to be a competitor uh, if, if he so chooses to come to a my college to play play whatever sport he chooses. But, I think this specialization it, it takes away some of the competition and all that stuff. Ed, here's the problem. I think you just sort of uh, really sort of leaned into this, and it's true. There is this uh, this sense, this I mentioned, this sort of feeling of of, uh, of paranoia that the parents seem to be exposed to. That well, if my kid is going to be the, if I want my kid to be the best he or she can be. It's important they do specialize, even though you have lots of examples like this kid you just mentioned, uh, the pitcher basketball player. You know, you don't need to do that. I mean, the fact is, and the pro athletes are saying the same thing, you don't have to really specialize at all. And if you are going to specialize, maybe when you're in high school, you can maybe choose one sport you want to focus on. But but to start saying, no, 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 you got to specialize early on, and the earlier the better, that's that's looks from all the stats I'm reading, that that's a false promise, that, that it's not necessary at all, because the kids, if they have that natural ability and they develop, like the pitcher you mentioned, he's, you know, after the summertime, he stops throwing until the following spring. There's no reason to, to, to take on the risk of, uh, of repetitive use injury or hurting his arm. He just wants to go out and play something else now. Absolutely, without a doubt. And sometimes the parents have to understand, too, uh, Everyone has the dream of hopefully getting a scholarship. Yes. Even, you know, even when I was a kid and all that stuff. But the thing is, let's put things into perspective. Uh, you know, let the kid develop, and then if the time comes where he's good enough, the college coaches will find him. There's no doubt about it, whether, whether from word of mouth from someone or whatever. And they'll come and evaluate him on that. I mean, everyone is looking to be the next great player. Let the player develop. Sometimes the player doesn't develop till later on. Well, that's 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 the issue, you know, Ed. And you know, we never know what's going to happen. Uh, and when a kid gets to be in their late uh, late teenage years, Ed, I got to run. Thank you for the call, as always. Great, happy Easter. You too. And and uh, yeah, that's what we're talking about this morning. And when I come back after our our sports update, uh, and Dave Uram is here this morning. He has that for you. I'll go right back to our calls to get a sense, like, wh- why are we coming so obsessed? as parents, with our, making our kids specialize in one sport, and is that causing real concern to the kids' development down the road? Okay, stay with me. Back with more after this. And welcome back to the Sports Edge, everyone, on this Easter Sunday. I'm Rick Wolf. We're talking about the issue of why it is 
that there's so much evidence these days, including the studies by the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons, that uh, close to half, half of our high school athletes uh, specialize in just one sport. And, and the question I have to you is, why is this happening and why has it gotten to such large proportions? And if you're a sports parent uh, and your kid is just starting out in sports, do you feel that sense that it's important that they specialize at an early, early age, that somehow that's going to accelerate and get them on the fast track in that sport. One eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Let's go back to our phone lines. Dave is in Seymour, Connecticut. Dave, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, good morning, guys. Happy Easter. You too, Dave. Listen, you know, as a parent, uh, I got two boys. Both play soccer, football. My oldest, my twelve-year-old, uh, also plays basketball. I think it's important to have them uh, experience more than one one sport for a few reasons. Um, you know, my my boy loves soccer. He loves football. Um, the soccer thing is good for his respiratory. It's good for leg work. Translates well on the football field. Um, you know, and down the road when he gets into high school, if he decides he wants to do soccer over football, that's fine. If he wants to do football over soccer, that's fine as well as the fact that he can still play basketball. And the biggest reason is that it keeps him off the Xbox, for one. Mm-hmm. You know, it keeps him busy, keeps him doing stuff. And uh, I just, I think if you have your child doing one sport, you're doing him a disservice. Well, Dave, you I'll know? tell you this. Uh, you know, you mentioned, of course, that uh, the soccer and football. You know, um, in a way, it's it's almost like having a, a, the youngsters to be able to play soccer and football and obviously they're both in the same season in the fall, you know, that becomes something of a luxury because, you know, there's so many, so many hours in a day you can play soccer and football if you're... If well, here's the thing, Ricky. He plays football, obviously. Yeah. Um, so while I was having, we had an a indoor tackle football league that, that we, he played, but I stopped doing that. It too much. He plays soccer in the spring. So he plays spring soccer, football, and then after football season's over, he'll play uh, rec basketball. Okay. You know, so he's he's always doing something. Uh, right now, I do. I have to admit, I do have him go to a coaching clinic for kicking. Uh, he's twelve. He's kicking thirty-five yard field goals, forty-five yard punts, hmm. um, and, and he seems to really excel at it. So that's kind of one angle where I took with him. Uh, he wants to do it. He enjoys it. So we're going that route. But you know, I, I really think if you want your kid, especially if they're a, real, a well-rounded athlete to experience more than one sport. You know, there's there's different muscle groups. There's different thoughts and theories behind playing each sport. Um, and, and it just makes for a better athlete, I believe, you know. I, Dave, I, I, I agree as well, and, and uh, thank you for the call. I, you know, I, I will tell you, yes, it, it, there's something to be said, and maybe this is what the surgeons are talking about, that you, you want a well-rounded athlete because there are different muscle groups, different uh, parts of your body are being skilled and coordinated which you're not going to get if they're just playing one sport, you know, 12 months of the year. And that's what Dave was talking about. Now, yeah, it sounds like his kids are involved in a lot of different sports, and as any parent can attest to, it's hard to juggle those schedules, particularly with a youngster going to school. And if he has any siblings, it gets even more complicated. But again, the idea is that, you know, why specialize? What, what is the purpose of that? Let's, uh, let's go to Frank over in Lindenhurst, New Jersey. Frank, uh, good morning. You're on the fan. How you doing, Rick? Good, Happy Frank. It's on Lindenhurst, Long Island. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No worries. I, you know, I think, uh, Rick, the, the, I'm not sure if it's actually a problem, but 
I think it is a problem that I think the parents are maybe, in a lot of cases, living vicariously through their children. Yes. And they're pushing them. They want their, I want my kid to be a pro athlete, but instead of just letting them play, because, you know, by definition, the word play is to have fun and, and just have fun at these sports and develop into a great athlete. You find most of the, the uh, well, I would say a lot of the pro athletes now, you take like the guys like Elway, uh, and you know he was recruited heavily both for baseball and football. Correct. Boomer Sison, the fellow Long Islander, same thing. He was you know a All American uh, baseball player as well. Mm-hmm. And you say like fifty percent of these kids are playing one sport. What's the percentage of kids that actually make it into the bigs? It's probably really low. And I'll bet you a lot of those kids that make it to the bigs were kids that played multiple sports. Well, Frank, that's what these, the back end of that study said. They did talk to uh, uh, thousands of professional athletes, and the pro athletes said uh, there's no reason to specialize. They, would, they would, didn't want their own kids to specialize, and they didn't feel that specialization was that big a deal in their own careers because it wasn't necessary. So the question right. then becomes, you know, well, if the pro athletes are saying that, and you just rattle off guys like Elway and, and, and Esaias and, and lots of others— they didn't specialize. It means that the elite athletes are so good and so inherently talented that they don't need to have to specialize. So why are our kids, the other kids, doing that? I I, I agree. You can't. I really feel that like you you cannot train a pro athlete. It's got to be some God given talent. Of course, of course, and that's that's where I think the parents sometimes sort of miss the boat on this. And I understand the fervor and emotional uh, you know attachment to your youngster, and you want to see them excel. But at the end of the day, there are two, two real, to my way of thinking, there are two key components to becoming a professional athlete. One is you have to be, have this, this gift from God of superior athletic ability, which obviously you can't, you can't you plan for. And two, you have to have the, uh, that drive and that determination that you're going to succeed. But for everybody else, you know, just enjoy the ride in terms of playing the various sports you want to play because... It's not going to end up in, in a, a multi-million-dollar uh, athletic career. It's going to end up really at the end of your high school days and say, "Well, I hope I had a good time playing a variety of sports because they were all fun," you know. But that's that's not what's happening. The parents say, "No, no, no, no. I want to make sure my kid's on the fast track so that uh, he or she can go on to get that pro career or that college scholarship." And it seems to be saying the surgeons are saying that's not the way to do this. Anyhow, Frank, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Let's yeah. move on to. Uh, Let's go to our friend, Coach Tom, over in North Arlington. Tom, you, you see this a lot. What do you think about all this? Okay, Rick. Uh, happy Easter, by you, the way. You too. Uh, yeah, I would say, uh, well, first of all, people specialize because they can. You know, there's so much ability, people out there now, specialized coaches. Yeah. I think it's also incumbent on us, uh, and I'm talking about youth sports coaches, high school sports coaches, we're more managers now. Okay, guys, come. There's very few guys willing to look at somebody and say potential and actually coach these kids up. Mm-hmm. All right, you're, we're just basically saying he's good, he's bad. So <laughs> to me, it's it's a reaction to that where the people know that. Okay, on the other side, I look at let's look at those who quote don't make it. Okay, because of we're not talking about the mental sizes, the mental burnout. Yes. Okay, possible regret as they get older. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now here's something. Real quick, uh, I remember, I think we're in an age now where of kids who are growing up, I hear. More, I used to hear more kids say, you know what, I wish I knew how to do this when I was younger. I could have been better. Mm. 
and that's what's going on. Now what I'm hearing in high school, you know, so a lot of these kids is, you know, I wish I would have played this board. I wish I would have played that. I'm going to let my kid play. We may actually see this turn around, okay, for a lot of kids because it's it's like a, a backlash of what happened as as people grow up and the next generation comes. I think we're now in a possibility because if you look at specialization and internet and everything, it's probably a boom over the last 20 years. Well, okay. Tom, Tom, you make an interesting observation, and I was thinking about that as well. Are we going to see a boomerang effect where maybe not this year, but maybe in a few years down the road, there will be sort of like saying, you know, I don't want to specialize, and it's better that the kids be sort of generalist and play a variety of sports again. Go back to the days of the, the high school uh, varsity athlete being a three-sport athlete because kids begin to, the parents begin to realize this is, this is sort of like a, a false promise to have the kids just play one sport early on because the kids they're not going to be able to know which what sport they're going to be the best at. They just... Yeah, exactly. I don't know if it'll reach as high as high school quickly, but certainly I think at the younger levels, you're going to see more of that. And again, maybe this is wishful thinking on my part. Yeah. You're, still, you're still going to have your individual coaches. But I just, I'm hearing from a lot of people, you know, it's like, well, you know what? I didn't, I wish I would have played football. I wish I would have played basketball. I wish I would have played this. Yep. And I'm going to let my kid choose his own and whatever. So hopefully, you know, I say hopefully, that's my side of it again, is let everybody play what they are. Because as you said, you see some of these, look at Jacob DeGrom. He didn't pitch until he was in, in college. Right. You know, people like that. So, all right, take care, Rick. Have happy Easter. You too. Thank you, Tom. And that, that's a good point. Tom always brings great insight to our conversations. Yeah. Uh, you know, like Jacob DeGrom, he was a shortstop, uh, you know, all the way through college before somebody said, you know, this guy's got a pretty good arm. Maybe he might, you know, try try pitching. And and this happens all the time uh, at, at, at the elite levels of, of high school and college, and kids sort of make transitions. But if they haven't been exposed to a variety of sports along the way, those transitions get a little more difficult because the kid sort of says, well, I wasn't really trained or, or coached in that other sports as I was growing up. Uh, let's continue. Let's go to uh, uh, to Joe in Scotch Plains. Hi, Joe. You're on the fan. Hi, Rick. Happy Easter. How you doing? Good. Happy Easter uh, to you, Joe. Okay. I'm, I'm 59, yeah. and I'll give you 50 years of perspective because the things a lot of things have changed. Back in 67 to 72, I was in the, the range of, uh, you know, 6 to 12 years old. And back then, there were no – the Recreation League, and I, 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 I was uh, living in Bound Brook, did not have the younger, uh, younger program. It was basically back then a way of life that, hey, kid, go out and play. Be of, a kid. Of course. And, and, and third grade, they gave you a shirt and a cap, and that was minor league baseball. <laughs> and I'm not knocking that. It's just it was a way of life. That's the way it was. Yeah, yeah, and and Little League started fourth grade, and Pop Warner started fourth grade, and there was nothing from third to kindergarten. If you notice, Mike Schmidt in his in his Hall of Fame induction speech in 1995 said, "How come we don't have enough kids? How come I drive by a ball field and it's empty?" Yeah. Now, 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 organized uh, in the 90s, I had three children. Uh, two of my children were sports orientated. Pre-K to second, would you believe my son tried every sport? Yeah. I never did that. You see, what happened is life evolved. The leagues and more sports became available. There was no lacrosse in the 60s in New Jersey. There was no field hockey. Oh, yeah, if you went to prep school, sure. 
there was no um, fall baseball. You know, it was you played football, basketball, maybe wrestling, but and baseball. Joe, let me interrupt you there because I'm looking at yeah. a break here. But I hear what you're saying. I mean, things do yep. evolve and do change. As you said, you know, lacrosse, I mean, lacrosse wasn't, <laughs> I do this facetiously, wasn't even yeah. invented back in those days. Uh, yeah. You know, but of course, you know, this is how it was. Now there's so many different options for kids to play at, at earlier ages, and the parents have to say, uh, okay, uh, let's see what we can do, but I think you should just play this one sport. And that's what's happening now. Well, that's hey, Joe, the resilientness of a father saying, I was a really good soccer player. Yeah, so therefore, you, you, I can teach yeah. you soccer, and you can learn from my experiences. Right. That's and the problem. That, that grew the specialist coaching. Exactly. System. Exactly. Joe, thanks and for so the call. That, Let me run on here. I'm sorry, but okay. I'm up against the clock. You know, that's what happens, and that's probably what the genesis of all this. All right, let me, let me, let me take a pause. When I come back, we'll continue talking about specialization and why it's become so prevalent everywhere, and is it a good idea for your youngster to, to specialize. one 337 6666. And as always, I invite you to check out my website at askcoachwolf.com. I do want to give you a quick update. You know, a few weeks ago, we were talking about this awful mess over in Patterson, New Jersey at Eastside High School, where uh, basketball players from other countries were suddenly appearing the last few years on, on both the boys' and girls' basketball teams. Well, thanks to some extraordinary investigative work by Matt uh, Stanmeyer of NJ Advanced Media, the evidence he came up with revealed that a number of kids from Africa and from Puerto Rico were living with the boys' head coach, and going to school at East Side. In short, it was just, uh, well, it was just shocking what was going on because most of the kids from outside the school district didn't have the proper immigration papers. They truly became the victims here. In any event, just this past week, there was some resolution that the boys' basketball coach at East Side High and his assistant were fired, along with the high school athletic director. On the girls' side, the head coach was suspended from coaching for a year. And, and and during the course of the school board meetings, more and more parents in, in Patterson stepped up and complained that their own children, kids who lived legally in the East Side School District, they'd been deprived of being on the basketball team because of all these outside players. Now, again, this was happening in a local public school. And I guess you can dress it up and claim that these coaches were just trying to help underprivileged kids from a foreign country. But to me, it just, it just smacked of just trying to win at all costs by bringing in you know, uh, players from other places to play on the local high school. Now, Eastside apparently tends to be an isolated example because it's a public high school, but we all know at the private schools, well, this kind of, uh, this kind of thing, importing kids, uh, it happens routinely everywhere, and, and, and bringing talented athletes from all over has become accepted for better or for worse. In any event, my, my kudos to, to Matt Stammeyer and his colleagues at NJ Advanced Media for doing a terrific job at exposing this uh, this very sad story. Okay, let's get back to our talk this morning about specialization and why this is happening everywhere at such early ages uh, for our kids. one 337 Let's go to Bill in Stanford, Connecticut. Bill, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, how are you doing? I hope you and your family have a happy Easter. You too, Bill. 
Thank you. So, um, yeah, so I specialized in swimming all growing up. I'm a senior in college right now. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, come senior year after I'm done swimming, I make the club baseball team, which is, uh, you know, about the same as D2, D3. And I just played baseball recreationally, but, you know, um, I'm, I'm a team. Athletes, but I just wonder what would happen if uh, I can make a college team, you know, just playing recreationally. What would happen if I specialized in that? I, mean, I don't know what would happen. Maybe I would be, you know, maybe I would make, get drafted or whatnot, but I just don't know. Well, Bill, I, I, and uh, I will tell you this. The fact is, if you're still playing ball, and again, you say you're playing at a club level, um, I, you know, I don't know where you go to school or how good the club level is, but I will tell you that I don't think it's always comparable uh, to say that a club team is as good as a D2 or a good D3. You just don't know. It depends what the level of competition is. However, let me say this, Bill. If you're playing ball and you're playing ball a lot uh, and you're, you're exposing yourself in terms of talent to other scouts, somebody might see you and say, this kid's got some ability. I don't care if he's playing at a D1 level or whatever or club ball. Hopefully uh, I can give him a shot to maybe go play uh, pro ball somewhere. Let's move on. Let's go to uh, Mike over in Congress, New York. Mike, good morning. You're on the fan. Uh, good morning, Rick. Great job, as always. Thank you, Mike. Rick, I, I think we all know why specialization is happening. And it's for the parents yes. and them living through their children, no doubt. Right. I, I do want to equate it. I'm 100% against it. I coach high school baseball, and um, I, I just see it more and more kids playing baseball all year long. And we know the damage that can be done and the lack of that getting them to uh, the quote-unquote next level. Correct. I want to equate it, though. I'm really against it. But as long as it's about money, parents are going to pay it. One thing, because I think about this stuff a lot, Rick. Now, if you equate it to playing basketball all year long and maybe just playing basketball, wherever it might be, and practicing your foul shots, practicing your skills, which can be done on your own. Mm-hmm. Similar to playing a musical instrument, of which, Rick, I never had any talent at that. Okay. They don't play that just in one season. Now I understand it's a little bit of a different, you know, muscle group and developing the full athlete, which I'm in 100% favor. As a baseball coach, many years I did coach travel baseball and was really sort of against it. Never did it for money. But the skills, if these young players practice skills, we practice skills as a young kid playing, playing on our own, not throwing 100, 120, 100, whatever it is, pitches per day. Mm-hmm. But play and learn those skills, Rick, that athlete will be better. And I wish parents, you know, baseball facilities are going to make money off it, Rick, and it's never going to end, as you know. Mm-hmm. But I wish the parents would see that if they got their basketball out or they got their Spalding out and they practiced up against the wall all summer long, like some of us old-timers did, those skills will come by playing the game and not playing in tournaments, Rick. I- I'm sorry if well, I sounded Mike, off. I didn't have any question for you. No, but. no, Mike, and I agree. I'm glad you called about this because, as you said, and this is something that's a very subtle point that a lot of parents don't pick up on. Playing in games doesn't necessarily translate into better skill development. It, it, the skill development, as you said, Mike, has to do with going out as a kid on their own and throwing a, a tennis ball against a wall and picking up 100 ground balls, you know, so they get better skills at, at fielding. 
you're not going to get more than a couple of ground balls in a game, if that, and, and or learning how to to to, to work on, on your bunting skills. These are this is it takes time and takes effort and takes a lot of repetition. It doesn't happen in a game that often. When you get into a game, you can't bunt. Well, you can't bunt, uh, and those right. are the things. Those are the subtleties, Mike. And, and I thank you for for your call this morning. Uh, but the, the, the subtleties of these, the, the skill development takes place, again, in practice, 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 uh, where the kid goes out on their own and works on their free throw shooting and that kind of thing. It doesn't happen just by playing more and more games. That doesn't, that, that's not where these results uh, occur. All right, let me, let me take a timeout. I'll be back with more. Stay with me. So the ultimate question is this, if you're a sports parent, how do you know which sport is going to be your kid's best sport? Uh, or how do you know which sport he or she likes to play the most? So again, I, answer, I asked this question early on this hour, you know, wh- why, why are we so focused on getting kids at an earlier age to specialize in just one sport? That may not be the answer here. I mean, if the, to me, the solution is as your kids are starting out in sports, let them play a variety of sports and activities and see which ones they sort of are attracted to and let them lead the way as opposed to you as the parent saying, no, 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 this is a sport I want you to play because I know the sport and I can get you to an accelerated travel program at an early age. Not sure that's the answer. All right, that's going to do it. For me in this edition of the Sports Edge, my thanks this morning to Tommy Lugauer. Please stick around for Ed Randall. He is up next. I'll see you next Sunday right here on the Sports Edge. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.